Welcome to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. This is an education-based show focusing on tech careers and how to incorporate the important aspects of technology in your current work. Each show brings you closer to tech success. Now, here's your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. I am your host, Dr. Sharon Jones. I always feel so silly saying that, but yet it does still also feel kind of fun too. Anyways, I'm your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, and I am so excited that you're back here for another episode. We are going to dig in today and have an amazing conversation with my guest, Melissa Rose, who is the founder and owner of The Dance House. But let me talk a little bit about how Melissa and I connected. We ended up connecting through a networking group that is a group of other female entrepreneurs that are pursuing their dreams, doing um, their businesses, growing their businesses, having family, and doing it one day at a time with the support of others in groups like ours. And I wanted to mention that because sometimes I think we forget to talk about the support teams that we need in order to move forward. Um, I have been an educator for almost 20 years and the better part of my career was spent in a classroom where I was working with students and growing and I was, uh, I was in um, administration and I've done a variety of different pieces, but stepping off that ledge into entrepreneurship was an entire new journey for me. Starting the doc consulting where I work with K-12 entities to integrate computer science and starting the nonprofit, the Dottie Rose Foundation, where we support girls in computer science was completely like, you know, you think in your head, it's going to be one way, and then it takes you on a whole nother path. And one of the pieces that I knew I needed the most of was support. And I needed support from other women that were in the same situation that I was. And that's how Melissa and I connected. And I think that's so powerful because we can have a conversation and we have the same pieces. We, we both are moms. We are running our businesses. There are ups and downs. And there's like, oh, gosh, wait a minute. What, what did you do in this situation? Or how do you feel about this? Does anybody know a graphic designer, an accountant? Does anybody know how you deal with growing and scaling? All of these conversations that you didn't know you needed to have when you first launched your business, but you need them. So I wanted to put a little bit of uh, a little bit of a framework around how I know Melissa, and I had the opportunity to be on her podcast, which we're going to talk about as well. But I want to welcome Melissa to the show, coming to us live from Wisconsin, which is awesome sauce. So how are you doing today, Melissa? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Dr. Sharon Jones. This is so fun. I love it. Loved. This is the one thing I love about technology. Like, mm -hmm. probably the best thing about it is all this stuff. You know what? That's the truth. And I've said that over and over again. One of the things that's so amazing about how we've advanced in uh, using tech is this glorious thing called live interaction of Zoom or Google Meet or um, Microsoft Teams. I, I recall when I was younger, I did have a webcam many years ago when I was working on my master's degree. And I thought that was the coolest. We were like in little chat rooms in AOL. I don't know if you remember that or not, but we'd be in a chat room and we'd have a webcam and it would be like so grainy. You'd be like, is that you? <laughs> Who are you on the other? It was, but uh, you know, how far we've come. And it's really amazing that we get to still have this interaction. Well, tell our audience a little bit about yourself. Who, are, who is Melissa and uh, what's going on with you? Hey, everybody. My name is Melissa Rose. Um, I am from Hudson, Wisconsin, which is right by the Twin Cities. And it is the most beautiful, lovely river town on the Mississippi or St. Croix River that um, 
goes right up to the Mississippi. And I've lived here for 20 years, and I first moved up here because of my husband's job at the time and fell in love with the area. So um, I was a BFA in musical theater, and Ooh. I was an actress, dancer, singer, dancer, living the dream. Um, and our um, first, we got up here, and I worked right away, got some work. And within, within months of getting that job, my now ex-husband at the time said, this isn't what I signed up for. And I was like, well, wait a minute. That's what I was going to school for. This is what this is all about. So um, we, I performed, and in the meantime, we had five babies. And uh, during the course of that time, I was always freelancing as a dance educator, a dance teacher. I was always 1099 going places, choreographing uh, as a as an actor, as a choreographer, whatever. And after baby number three, I decided to see if anybody would come to my house and take dance. And that's when the dancing house was created. <clears throat> and now 11 years later, we have two locations and an online membership for people to learn the art of dance. And it's been awesome, and since then, I've now morphed into a business coach because people have seen my success with my brick and mortar and my online platform. Mm -hmm. They ask questions, and I love business coaching, which is super fun for me. This is kind of a second chapter of life uh, because I have danced since I was five. I'm 43 right now, and it's just kind of fun to use dance and my dance studio as a platform for the education in business coaching. Yeah, so when we say dance, what, what is your favorite type of dance? My favorite type of dance is musical theater and um, the staging of musical theater and choreography of musical theater. I love that. I love going to see shows. And I knew that if I, I was like, I wanted to go and get um, my master's in musical theater choreography, which is even <laughs> like even less work unless you're working on Broadway or these bigger names. I mean, as far as making money doing it. And I just love it. It's so cheesy and fun and over the top. And, and as musical theater, I mean, over the course of the past 20, 25 years, the choreography has grown. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not just step touch anymore. It's, it's like legit dancing and it's so fun to see. So I really enjoy that. And even watching, I've always been mesmerized by the back end of it. Like not necessarily the performers. I've always been like the choreographer and the, the person behind the scenes. That's the person that I was like, I, I, understand what what that role is and I really was gravitated towards that I was like yeah the dancers do a great job but who thought of that that was really cool and how they did that and how they tweaked that and um and so that's always been and still is and I just I just watch it and just go marvel at the the brains behind it so so you like to do a lot you like to marry that art of the music with the dance and find the dance moves that make that music come alive Absolutely. I always say the music told me to do this. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm choreographing. I'm like, well, the music clearly says to do this here. And people laugh when I, when I stage stuff or choreograph stuff because that's how I, how I do it. I just I'm like the music told me to do this. I love that. But that's, but um, many times that is exactly what it does. I, I mean, I am not a dancer by trait, but <laughs> I can definitely break it down. Like any <laughs> And I do a lot of, you know, jamming on my own. And, uh, but it's true. You, you have a natural rhythm that will happen when you hear music. 
and start putting it together. So it's much like creating an algorithm in computer science where you're thinking about the steps that you're going to take to create this particular dance routine that's going to match the music. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think dance is, um, like I said, I'm not a trained dancer, but I do enjoy a good dance party in the living room with my kids. And, um, you know, but we, but it's so interesting how natural it comes to us to start bopping our heads and moving as soon as we hear a beat. Mm -hmm. It starts when you're, you're a mama. So you see this with your kiddos as soon as they, I mean, just the bouncing of um, whether they hear a beat or music or not, it's when they're starting to move their body, even on all fours, and they start to rock. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite baby stages because it only looks cute on babies. And <laughs> they, they're they rocking, trying to get that um, momentum to crawl. And, I mean, we all have a heartbeat. So that's our natural rhythm. And it's just the more I learn about dance education, because I teach a lot of babies, it's just really – it's just part of us. And um, – and it's, it's when we get to be about eight or nine is when we start to think too much and not go with our natural, like natural gift of movement. And then we start thinking, oh, is this pretty or is this right? And it's such a sweet, bittersweet age because that's when this age, like they, they want to, you know, we're starting to teach them more technique and more form and more, you know, proper alignment type things. But I love teaching those babies because you just put on the fun music for, you know, free dance time in class and they just go all out. There's no inhibition. It's the parent's favorite time of the class because that's when they get up and start taking videos and pictures because their, their daughter or son is just fully immersed in the moment. And it's just joy. It's joy on all levels. Yeah. I mean, there's some, some days you just need that. You just need to have just let loose and be, especially during this time when we've all been you know, in a place of uncertainty and we're definitely all kind of cooped up for lack of a better word of not really knowing, you know, where to go, what we can do, what's open, what's not open, et cetera. I think that's really important and great exercise, of course, as well. So tell me a little bit about when you were studying musical theater and you decided, so when you were freelancing, were you working as an actress and doing um, shows or were you beginning to start your way into being, doing dance education? I always, um, so I, I was teaching dance and went to school. I went to school for musical theater, but I was really involved in the dance program. And I have always taught dance. So um, once you get to be at a certain level, you can always, you know, some studios will let their high school kids teach. Um, I know I do for my student to help out or assist. And that's what I was doing. So once I got to college, I was, I was teaching dance because it was good money compared to, you know, doing some other job. So I was always teaching and teaching different places. When I was freelancing as an actor, I was, I was doing musical theater shows. Okay. Loving that. Mm-hmm. Do you do like local theater shows around Wisconsin or do you do national or what? How did that yeah, look? Yeah, I never, never did any tours, big tours or anything. So I was, uh, you know, I did dinner theaters and um, things like that. And you were able to manage that as you started having children? I stopped after kids. I did not do it. I, I was naive. I auditioned while I was pregnant um, a few times with baby number two. I remember being very pregnant because she was born in July and the auditions were like in May or June. So she, I mean, I was big and I was, and I auditioned and I got cast and I got cast as the dance captain and it was, it was West Side Story 
one of the top theaters here in town and I, and I had to turn it down and it was just, ah, that's like a dream show to be part of. It's not done very often. And, um, to be cast as a dance captain. And that's the other thing that, um, talk, I'm going to talk about in my podcast how how becoming an uh, actor and getting a BFA in musical theater has groomed me to be a, a business coach and a, a business owner because you when you audition for shows you're constantly turned down you're I mean to get a job is a big deal so you constantly are putting yourself out there and constantly it'd be the equivalent of an interview for normal people and you're just over and over and over and you just learn what you're good at. You, yeah, you may be able to sing all these songs, but you have a type and that would be your niche in business. And I have a type of what I look like and it's typecasting and it's okay because this is what's believable for you to play. And um, just learning that about yourself and totally getting better and over and over and tweaking and um, and the resilience that it takes to keep going. So it was really, um, I loved it. I, I enjoyed it. Do I miss it now? No, because it's all nights and weekends. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. I, am, I am a full on supporter. I want to be the one in the audience cheering them on. I want to be the donator to keep it going. I'm that person now. So. Well, tell me a little about the dance house. So it started at your house. Mm-hmm. So what were you doing? So when you first decided, okay, so I want to continue to do that, which I, I think this is brilliant because then you were still even able to have an outlet for something that you love. You're still at home with the kids, but you're also feeding your soul for the pieces that make you passionate. So you thought, okay, I'm going to start it here at my house. So how did, what did that look like? And how fast did it grow in order to even go to the brick and mortar? I mean, 11 years is a, I mean, that's pretty tremendous with a dance studio. Um, so I, thank you. The dancing house started literally weeks after baby number three was born. Cause I was crazy. I was going crazy. <laughs> Just let's be real. I miss mamas. I miss my, I miss my adults. So I literally saw this basement and I'm like, let's see who shows up. So I literally said, Hey mamas in my neighborhood, I think I can create a dance fitness type class. I didn't even know what it was going to be. And this is so true of who I am. Like I will just, I think this will be a good idea. I'm very intuitive. Um, I'm a number four on the Enneagram. So I just like have a gut feeling on it. I don't have a lot of words other than I think this will work. Mm -hmm. And I said, come try it. And they did. And then they came back. And eventually that class was called Boogie Fit. And I still teach that class to this day. And it is just a fitness class designed around dance and um then since then it just evolved i got private lessons and then i started adding kiddos into the mix and one of my private students came in and she goes is this the dancing house and i'm like oh, that's the name of it that's the name of my studio and because uh, at the time i didn't really have a name right um so so it, it grew and honestly because i was a mama first this was a part-time job that fed my soul paid the car payment and some groceries. It wasn't meant to be this big studio. It was purposefully small. Mm-hmm. And five years ago, I was teaching 22 hours a week. And three weeks later, I, I remember saying to my ex, I said, I will not be teaching this much ever again. I'm doing this so we can put a deck on the house. 
(laughs) And three weeks later, he asked for a divorce. And there was a reason I was 22 weeks teaching because I needed to do that to a save my sanity and provide. So um, then then life happened. And that's when I took my business seriously, because before it was a hobby, it genuinely fed my soul, it was part time income, it was fun. Now I had to decide (laughs) with five kids, I had I had a 12 down to three-year-old. He wasn't even three yet. And I needed to decide, am I going to make this work or am I going to go get a real job, of which I've never had a real job. I've freelanced all my life. So am I going to go and get a real job and put my kids in childcare on the summer? Mm. Five kids in daycare? And I was just like, the thought of that, that I, I just couldn't even fathom, A, the cost and then actually doing it. Right. So I um, decided and I got super resourceful and I learned and I did and I put myself in scary situations like flying myself across the country to go to a big conference with million dollar dance studios and I'm Dolly Dinkle out of my studio in my basement. I'm going, what the hell am I doing here? You know, (laughs) being totally overwhelmed going, oh my gosh, Melissa. But at the same time knew I needed to be in those big rooms so I could see the bigger picture. And, And yet trying to stay true to who I was and who my core and who my tribe is. So I am a dance studio that specializes in beginner students of all ages. We do not compete. So we are a rec program, but I don't like the term rec program because then it infers that we just fool around. And I don't because I want my kids to have foundations so that if they want to compete, I refer them to the studio down the street because they have a great competition program or if they want a concert style venue of a company I refer them to the other studio down the street because they have a great company program um I just really I my my niche is beginner students of all ages but we have advanced classes um and now I've added like we teach down to 13 months up to however old like we have seven-year-olds teaching working with us and I just it's a philosophy of um, very family orientated. Um, like I, we borrow shoes, you know, if you want to buy new shoes, awesome. Here's the link to do that. But we have a stash of shoes that families, you know, give up and, and we borrow. And that's just kind of what we do. Um, we don't have a strict dress code. We just started kind of a formal one this year with eight and up. And, um, and my recitals, my dad's love because they're 45 minutes or less. Cause I don't like recitals y'all. I, I'm just I'm like, <laughs> no, I know my favorite. Five minute. We are, our attention spans are all kind of all over the place now. 45 minutes is fantastic. It's fantastic. Yeah. Cause honestly, let's be real. You only want to watch your kid. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's fantastic. You know what I, what I really like about what you said and what makes it feel. This is why you've had success is because you can feel the passion and the love when you're talking. Mm-hmm. And the piece that you said that um, makes my heart happy is I have this whole stash of shoes. You need a pair of shoes. I've got your shoes. Like everybody is welcome. Come in, let's dance and let's learn together. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty fantastic. And that would be why I would want to keep coming back too because I can hear it. I can see it in your, in your eyes. Cause we're, talking via Zoom, but I, and more importantly, in your voice, that passion and showing children they can use dance as a way to learn and grow and move and um, explore. I think that's, that's really cool. I think my, my specialty or my, I think what helps with the community of the dancing house is I really talk to my moms because I have, I think once you have more than two kids, it's, you're outnumbered and it's just a different level of chaos. Um, 
<laughs> and 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 just finances too. I mean, you have more to provide and whatever. So I just really, I think of my moms. I'm sorry, I think of those families with three or more kids. And, and I, I have a mom with a baby on the hip and, you know, toddler and then her four-year-old, you know, four under four, you know, four kids under five. And, and Susie's coming to dance with me. I'll go, okay, mama, you drop her off 15 minutes early and you pick her up 15 minutes late. I got you. And she just, the look of like, Oh my gosh, thank you. Like just another half hour just so she can have one less kid and run to the grocery store or whatever she's going to do. Um, that's just who we are. That's, it's just like, I just, it's, it's a second home for those kids and the families. So, well, and yes, and that is so amazing because it always say it takes a tribe in order to raise children. You have to have community. You have to have education and parents all together. And community meaning after school activities, business people, everybody that comes together to help support and raise our kids. And we were just having this conversation about we're going to offer um, an after school program coming up in November. And I said, you guys, we have to make it at least two hours or more after school because an hour is just not long enough for those of us that are parents to drop off, go do what we need to do and then come back. Like if we're going to do it, let's do it. Right. Give everybody a moment to <laughs> be in their own space. Right. And give the kids. So I completely resonate very much with that thought about uh, come 15 minutes early, come 15 minutes late. That's, uh, whoo, that's right trip to the gas station or to the grocery store or to the post office, which I never seem to make it to these days, like ever. I don't understand. I have a whole stack of stuff. I'm like, why? Just go to the post office, Sharon. Like, what is going on? I'm going to the post office. <laughs> well, what inspires you now? I mean, as you're thinking about, you've grown your business a bit. What, what keeps you inspired every day? Honestly, it's my, I really am excited about the business coaching. I realized that when I start talking to other businesses, okay, let's back up a little bit. My ex had a business. He, he had his own business. And I remember leaning in when I learned somebody else was a business, business owner. And I remember thinking, why do you lean in, Melissa? Why do you want to, why do you gravitate towards other business owners? Mm -hmm. And I honestly thought, at the time, it was because, well, they get what we're doing. You know, they get, they, they get what it's like to run a business. They get what it's like to have employees. They get what it's like to juggle all the things uh, that a business owner does. And then after life happened, I'm like, no, I, I still love it, but it's just a, I, I love learning. Okay, so how do you market? And who is your ideal client? And how do you serve your people. And I just, I seriously just love it. And brick and, brick and mortars, especially there's a, when you, when you put a shingle out and you have the rent and you have all the extra, all the extra costs of having mm -hmm. a brick and mortar, my heart is, is with those people. And um, it just, I love it. I, so that's what's setting my heart on fire right now. Um, and you, you have been flowing the business when I was um, working on five years ago when life happened and I started taking my studio seriously and growing it and um, getting that, I then realized I can't grow unless I move or um, raise your prices crazy high or get a brick and mortar or go online. So that's where the online aspect came for the dance on demand. And that was getting me out of bed because that was kind of fun. That was a new endeavor. That was exciting. It was different. Nobody was doing it around here at the time. Um, I mean, online was, it was, it's so funny how fast things move. I know, right? right? Like yeah. Four years ago, nobody was doing online. 
or it well, seemed that way. A year ago, if you said, this is going to be a virtual situation, what? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I started my online with when Facebook Live came about because I was like, well, and I talked to somebody and she goes, try it. And so we did. We tried it through Facebook Live, realized that wasn't the right platform, and then tweaked and figured it out. And, and now we have the membership. But it's just that was exciting. And then now that that's settled and has a groove and the studio has a groove, now, now we're going into business coaching, which is super fun. Yeah, and I want to dig into your, your business coaching when we come back from our break because I am there's a lot of similarities that I'm seeing behind what you're saying from your, like you just said, earning your degree in musical theater and how that's prepared you to be able to put the pieces together for a business. So I want to talk more about that uh, coaching with Melissa piece of your uh, business now as you're continuing to grow when we come back. But I want to, before we do that, can you just tell everybody where would they find information about your dance on demand? Sure, you'll go uh, website thedancinghouse.com and you'll see on the top right dance on demand and you can try two weeks free inside the membership and see what it's like that's incredible mm -hmm. so uh, we'll continue to talk about the dancing house and how that's continued to because that is still I mean that is part of your everyday that's my bread and butter yep <laughs> your everyday work but when we come back I want to talk about the coaching business how that's developed and how you're using the podcast to help grow that coaching business um, because that is a great great platform to have conversations with women and to grow and to grow your craft as well because you're talking all the time to people and listening to their problems. So stay with us when we come back. Melissa's going to talk to us about how she's using the coaching business to help light her fire these days and continue with her, her love of dancing with the dancing house. We will be right back. From face-to-face -face training to blended training techniques, the DOT Consulting delivers distinct advantage for organizations looking to grow. We help you invest in technology knowledge through training, experimental learning, and community connections. Employees create an overall collective sharpness, savviness, and greater productivity using technology as a tool, thus increasing the technological speed and quality of the expertise in your organization. The DOT Consulting, a new level of tech savvy, Visit the .consulting.co. The world needs more women with tech skills. At the Dottie Rose Foundation, we encourage, support, and educate girls who have an interest in technology and want to learn how it can be used to enhance their learning and future careers. Our camps demonstrate that most future career paths will benefit from developing a wide range of increasingly important technology and software skills. We accomplish this through mastering computational thinking, boosting self-confidence, and creating new possibilities for each girl. Visit DottieRoseFoundation.org. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Coding the Future with Dr. Sharon Jones. We invite you to connect with the show today by calling in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to Sharon at the.consulting.co. Now, back to Coding the Future. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Coding the Future, and we're back with Melissa Rose. Before we left, we were talking about her journey of being a dancer, studying musical theater, and how that has helped uh, shape her career as a dancer, a dance educator, a mom, a mom, a mompreneur, and as a business owner. So before we talk a little bit more, let me just remind everybody that you can find more about the amazing work that Melissa is doing with her students and the dance on demand activity, because everyone is not in Wisconsin. I love this piece that you have added the dance on demand where those of us that are not there can uh, thrive from your energy and take some classes on demand and be able to access uh, the work that you're doing. So that is at the dancinghouse.com and she says in the upper right hand corners where you can find more about dance on demand. So let's, let's take a minute now and, and turn a bit and talk about the coaching because you said this is, you know, you built the dancing house and you add different elements to grow that business and begin to scale it. And now you're really wanting to help other women uh, find their own path because you've had to do it as well. So tell me a bit about this coaching and what's happening with the coaching. I know, right? I started, uh, I want three years ago when I started my dance on demand, somebody said, you need to have a podcast. And I was like, I don't know how I would talk about dance. Like, Dance is the vehicle for what I was passionate about, which was, and I didn't know it at the time. I'm like, dance is this thing that I've done so long, and I just didn't know how I would do that in a podcast. But once I uh, was having success with Dance on Demand and my brick and mortar, people started asking, how are you doing it? And mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, just yeah. doing it. <laughs> I'm just showing up over and over, y'all. And that's when... I was like, you know what? I think I want to do a podcast. And here's how I was doing a blog for two years prior. I sold some, I sold my boogie fit curriculum to studios all over the world. And I, in order to grow that or get the name out, I knew that you had to put out content regularly. So I did a blog and what I really enjoyed writing in the blog was more about the nitty gritty of running a business and being a mom and all that stuff. And I got really kind of frustrated by seeing the glamour shots of business owners. And I wanted to talk more about the nitty gritty. So that's where the the title came in. I was like, I want to talk the nitty gritty. So that's where the podcast started was I started it this past January, 2020. And it is about business owners juggling business, life, kids, and relationships, and the nitty gritty of it. And it's not like this like negative thing. It's totally meant to be inspi- inspiring, empowering. I want you to take away an action. So I started a Facebook group uh, for business owners to share what I had learned in business. So I, I, every week you learn something, whether it's a new tech thing or something or something in a relationship. Yes. And I was like, this is what I learned in my business and I'm going to share it with you. So every Friday I come in and I share that. And I, so before the podcast came about, I was like, well, how long is it? Are these episodes going to be? What am I going to do guests? Do I want to do solo? And I was looking at those videos that I've done for like almost a year. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're all about seven or eight minutes. Score. That's exactly all I want. So my podcast, my solo episodes are about less than 10 minutes because it's a one action item that you can apply right now in your business life or relationships. And then I have guests and my guests are my mompreneurs, my entrepreneurial women juggling business, life, work, and kids. 
and them sharing their nitty gritty of what they're working on right now or what what made them launch into their business, which I, is always the story with that everybody wants to know, like, how did you get here? You know, and it's usually not how you started. And um, they are my teachers. They are the awesome nuggets of wisdom that I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that. I love that. And because we all do things a little differently and they might be a kid nugget, you know, raising kid nuggets or business relationships. <laughs> It can be anything, but it's really, I love it. And I love the podcast because I can't fake it. This is who I am. This is the way I speak. This is what I, you know, this is my vibe. So if it doesn't gel with you, awesome. Go find somebody else that does. And if you love it, hang out with me because it's super fun. Um, completely agree. And I like that you said it's the nitty gritty because sometimes, well, often we see the glamour shot pieces on Facebook or, or any platform. And we know that's not the true way in which you, ha I mean, you have to hustle. I have this shirt that I use it's called hustle spark, sparkle repeat, mm -hmm. which to me is it, it's a loop, but it's feel like that it, it's my life, right? I, I have, you have to hustle. Then you get a little chance to sparkle usually at some point where you're talking about whatever. And then you've got to repeat that. You have to show up just like you said, every single day, you have to show up and do the work and it's not always pretty. Most of the time it's not. Now, on the flip side, it's yours. That's Amen. the one piece that I think is so rewarding to me is that whatever I'm doing or building in my own business, it's mine. It's my, you know, and if I fail, it's, you know, I fail. If I win, I win. There's both sides of the coin on that piece. But you're exactly right. Then it is nitty gritty and it's not always, most of the time it's not pretty. And it is the story of how did you get to where you are right now. Mm -hmm. And that's quite a journey usually. Usually is, it's a beautiful scenic route. I love them. <laughs> what has been the biggest learning curve about having a podcast? Honestly, because it's newer, Sharon, I thought I was speaking to one person and then I find out who's listening to my podcast and who's resonating. So I'm consistently, that is my big word is consistency. So um, I have learned that my niche is helping business owners go from chaos to clarity through consistent action because I preach consistency all over the place. And I think I'm talking to business owner, women, business owners, but I have a lot of men that listen to it um, mm -hmm. and men that support my business, meaning they buy, you know, a workshop with me or coaching. So I find that interesting. Um, so I'm still, that's the biggest part for me is learning and still figuring that out. And I think, you know what, my brick and mortar is 11 years old. It took some time to figure out how to craft that message. It took some time to figure out exactly who my people are. But once you figure it out and once you dial it in really well, it's super fun. So I know it'll come as long and as a marketing person, I'm just constantly aware of who's resonating, who's who's leaving comments and what's, you know, taking that and, and applying it to future content. So that's my learning curve right now. Yeah, you know, and I think it's like that when you start anything new, you just launched in January. My mom has always given me this advice over the years that whenever you start something new or you make a change, it takes a year. Yeah. And it takes a year for you to adjust to whatever change has come your way. You know, and you're thinking about a podcast, you're growing the audience and who that audience is going to be. That message will take some time to craft. Um, you mentioned several different times. There's two pieces I want to mention. One is 
you said consistency. So I want to know what that looks like. But the other piece that you mentioned several times, and we know from even the group that we're in, that this is told to us a lot, that niching down and finding that niche brings a lot more clarity and may and usually brings a consistency. So talk to me a little bit about how you help coach people to find their niche. <sighs> That's a good question. I mean, how, like, you know, how do you find your bits of information that you can share? Uh, it really, um, oh, there's multiple ways I do it. Um, because I work I usually, I like to work with my clients about 90 days because I feel 90 days, I work with more beginner business people, um, but not to say I haven't, but that's who I'm resonating with because they're usually in a place where they're kind of overwhelmed with everything and they yeah. don't know what they should focus on. Yeah. So I want to know where do they see themselves and sometimes maybe they've grown so fast they don't, they can't even see a year ahead of them. So we really fig figure out where do you want to go and then work backwards. As far as niching down, that's a topic or a conversation we have early on when we are talking about their business because some of them have so many products or so many services. And I'm like, okay, you, that's awesome. Um, I have an MLM. She's got a lot of products on the table that she can sell to people. I go, but I want you to find one or two that you talk about all the time. And I, and then really just educate us on that, inspire us with it, uh, testimonies on it, so that you become the vitamin girl of this, you know, of that thing, okay? And that's all you talk about. And then, oh, yeah, we have other things later, you know, that you can share with your people, too. Same thing with, um, you know, a physical therapist. Uh, she's a woman's, women's wellness, and she's just dialed in on that and women's health and really focusing on that for her business. And when you dial in and know exactly who you are and who you serve and how you help them, it makes everything so much easier mm -hmm. on how to talk to them, how to, um, how to draw them to you because you're speaking their language. And that it does take time, but when you really know who your niche is, that it just becomes so much easier. It's like this huge weight. Oh! Now this is easy. This is fun because you know who, who you're talking to and what to say to them. Yeah, I completely agree with that because it's so easy. We can do lots of things, lots of things. But once you know exactly who you're focusing on, then that's where you're able to, to focus, grow. And then after you have grown your business and you've got consistency and income coming in, then you could think about expanding, exactly like you said. And to be quite frank, as adults, having more multiple, multiple things makes it very difficult for us to focus. When we're learning, it, I, I say this a lot in my, in my professional developments, I always usually teach three new pieces in a PD. And usually one is the main focus with the two others bridging off as some offsets. But much more than that, and we just cannot focus anymore on intake, you know, and the other piece that's really important, and this is something that you mentioned too, is it, once you choose that focus, taking action and, and doing that, practicing it, focus, practice, 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 and then that's when that rhythm, that drumbeat starts happening. I noticed this myself. I mean, it's taken me a little while to figure out, okay, what exactly is my niche and what am I doing? 
But as I've focused and focused, I mean, I am computer science, which sometimes is hard for people to comprehend, but that is my area of expertise. If you want to integrate computer science into your school and leverage the power of coding, I am who you should talk to. Mm -hmm. Took me a while to get to that point because Mm -hmm. first of all, I had to admit to myself that I was an expert. I don't know if you feel that way too, Melissa, but I, or you hear that from your other guests, but I had to say, yes, Sharon, you are really good at this. Mm -hmm. I can code, I can teach, and I can strategically help people see the connection between computer science and dance. Like all I can think about right now is like, how cool would it be for a tech company to hire you to come in and show how you boogie dance and move for exercise? Because that's what they're doing with robotics. And that's what they're doing when we're creating these cool visual 3D imagery and virtual worlds of dancing. They're mimicking what we do with our bodies, right? I just, oh my gosh, that would be so cool. That's a whole nother story. (laughs) But that's something that I think is really powerful for us to think about. And even if you're not a business owner, processing, even in your own career, if you're working in a big corporate entity, is there something that you yourself can niche down on within that company and become the expert that people go to? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, you knew in the company, mm, that's, she's really good at PowerPoint or he's really good at running numbers or mm-hmm. making presentations. But something like that, I think also is a good tidbit to mention mm-hmm. when you're thinking about, niching down then what do you recommend once they so you you have them come in and do that one product what do you notice that starts happening after that and then what would what is how do you start guiding people we most of them it's a they want more time and money money they want more flexibility so niching down to find out their their ideal person or find out what i'm saying this wrong they're niching down to know exactly who they serve and who they are okay and I love the exercise of just one word. What is your mind is chaos to clarity. So um, it could be, what is your one word? You're, you're ugly, like what are you in? Um, overwhelmed to peace of mind or whatever it is. And people have good luck with that little exercise because then they can expand on that a little bit more. I've done it where you start with a kind of a paragraph of I am this and I help. And if you are this type of person, you know, kind of like a mini, you know, your two minute elevator speech. But then I had them break it down even more into one word to one word, like just do it, Nike. You know, it's not one word, but it's got that phrase of, okay, so you passive or lazy. No, just do it. Just get out there and do it. So it has it. Um, so that was helpful. And then what's happening is they get that clarity. They're able to communicate it better. Mm-hmm. And they're out there networking or they're out there posting because we talk about content and being consistent. I don't care what the hell you do as long as you're consistent. And they, then they start getting traction and they get the momentum and then they get the confidence and then it just momentums. And whether it's in their sales or whether it's in their getting more clients, they now, okay, now I have a lot of work or I have, I have this momentum. Now they're wanting, okay, I need to hire a VA or I need to start adding a, a team member. So then we start that process of, okay, how do you do that? Because most people, it's, they're solopreneurs and they're just, you know, they just need a little VA help or they need um, 
you know, somebody coming in 10 hours a week or something like that. And they don't know how to hire because they've never had to before. So walking them through that and that beautiful part of like, just do it because once you get one, it's so fun, you guys. <laughs> I know, I'm like waving my hand like, yes, because I mean, when I had to awesome. sit down and think about hiring my first person, I mean, it was like, oh my goodness, I've never, I mean, I've sat in on plenty of interviews to hire teachers or to, to work with other admin or have been a part of numerous different, you know, selection committees. But when it's your own, you're sitting down thinking, oh, oh. Oh, great. So good. I know. And, but the other piece to that is what exactly what you mentioned too, is having that chaos to clarity, having that clarity, having that niche, then it helps you figure out too, what you want that person to help you with. And it, and I love you become another way to think of it is how do you, how are people referring you? For me, I'm the dance, I'm the dance teacher who teaches beginner students of all ages. You want to go there? Have you danced before? Okay. You need to go to the dancing house. Um, you know, so I, it frustrates me beyond belief when I ask a business owner what they do and they ramble on for about five minutes, um, or it may be just be a minute and it feels like five minutes because they didn't tell me what the hell they did. I want to know who you are, who you serve and how you help them. So I can then think about, okay, who, who needs you? And I just want be a good referral. It's okay. How could somebody easily refer me? This is what I do. Yeah. And that's really, that's spot on. And it's the part that's the hardest to do. I think as an, a business owner, you can you have all these things. And I find myself even rambling. I, I'm recognizing myself in much of what you say because I'm still at that point of growing and developing my own businesses. And walking through these steps and being reminded is really, really important because we can go off on these tangents or go down and doing I, – I, I laugh um, – Sometimes I find myself going in in Canva and playing around. I'm like, what are we, stop, stop. We don't need to be doing, can you know, but I do love it. It's, it's fun. It's sometimes. fun, yeah. Sometimes I just need a little, but I don't need to be doing, that's not where my genius lies. And so focusing, I have this um, uh, little note, post-it note on my um, desk that says unique brilliance and what is your unique, your area of genius or your unique brilliance. And I try to think about that each day because that's where you find your center again mm-hmm. and where you grow and, and beam and whatnot. So tell me, Melissa, what do you think is going to, where do you want to go in the next five years? How do you see your business changing and developing as we keep growing and scaling and everybody's going to come to the dancing house and be on demand and call yeah. for your coaching services? Um, you know what, five years ago, it was five years ago this month, um, two days ago, five years ago, um, my husband came home and asked for a divorce. And if you would have asked me five years ago, if I would have a commercial property, 3000 square feet, if I would have a team of 13 employees, if I would have a podcast, if I would be coaching business owners all over the country, I would have laughed at you. And did I, did I manifest this? At that time, I had no clue that would have been possible. But you just take baby steps every day. And like I said, my keyword is consistency. I just knew what I needed to do the next day. And I just kept doing it. And you just do it. Um, but I, I do it consistently. So if I send out a newsletter, I did it consistently every other week and um, all this other stuff that I do. But 
So for the next five years, like after seeing the proof of that, that I'm just so excited because like I want to have, um, I want to buy my own commercial property um, so that I'm not paying rent anymore. I'm going to buy my, I mean, we're doing that. And um, I see myself fully out of the brick and mortar that's going to run itself. I'll have a team of doing that and I will be a business coach full time working from anywhere so I can go see my kids in college. Um, I can go work in Arizona when it's winter here in Wisconsin. And um, I see myself helping people. I'm, I'm always a teacher and helper. And um, that, I see myself doing that forever. Like I just, I, I enjoy that. So um, I just want my business to be mobile so that I, I can't wait to be a grandma. I mean, I can wait, you know what I mean? But I look forward to those years and I fully want to be in it. Um, and hold babies and all that fun stuff and just have the flexibility there. So we got time before grandma comes, but um, in the next five years, that's for sure what I want to do. And I just, I, I have, it's just so fun when you look back on your list and, and you can go, oh my gosh, that happened, that happened, that happened. So I do have a dream list sitting right there on my desk of, of things. And um, those are the two big ones. Yeah, I love what you just said that I'm reaching here at my own desk and I'm going to show I have my dream list sitting yeah. here. Um, and but what I the something that's really inspirational in what you said is, you know, I want to go visit my kids in college, which your kids are not there yet, but you already know that's what you want. And you want to be a fully present grandma, which you already know that's what you want, which is mean there's something about having the end in mind. I've mentioned this. I had a great interview with a friend of mine who that's how he's led his life in many ways. He has this end goal and an end meaning loosely, like, mm -hmm. you know, there's a piece that you want to get to and you know, that's what you want. So now you're putting the pieces in place to get to that goal so that you can be that very present grandma. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm 40, you're 43, we're both in that, my kids, you know, I want to be there for when they go to college and, and visit and all those same pieces. I like the way you, you package that in terms of thinking through what you want it to be in the next, not just five years, but beyond from mm -hmm. that. That's yeah. Really powerful. Yeah, I just, I, I just anticipate, you know, the, the, I'm a slow and steady turtle. I laugh because I'm not fast. I'm never, I've never been fast. I've never been the best one. I just, my dad always said, be the dumbest one in the room. And um, in the dance studio, I was never the best one, but I always was with better people, which then pushed me. And now being a business owner, it's, I don't like always not being the best one in the room, but it's really where you need to be. And that's why I'm in this group because I'm just so excited to be around these amazing, amazing women mm -hmm. and push me, not push me, but encourage me and see what's possible. And like I said, I, a year, I mean, this past year has been an epic year. Like so much has happened this past year. So um, if I can grow even half of what I grew this year, we're, we're going to be great. So I, um, and I'm just excited. I genuinely am in such a good and happy place in life and it feels so good. Well, you're inspiring me and I know you're inspiring others as they're listening. I mean, I'm, I, I already I've wrote this down. I'm going to say what my action item is here in a minute, but if you could give one piece of advice to our listeners, what, what is that in terms of, and that could be anything around business, life, personal, what is your, what is your piece of advice? Um, two of them. Can I say two? Oh, um, there's no you, rule. Yeah. Um, open-minded. Be open-minded to 
you asked me prior to the, the interview about tech, like what would you say about tech? And I would say be open-minded because when I, when I started getting serious about my business, oh, thunder, um, I, I checked email and that was it. Like to think that I would be doing hands on demand and I would be navigating the software behind it and doing all that is <laughs> I would have laughed at myself. So be open-minded. Don't be scared of it. Baby steps, y'all. There's a YouTube video out there. There's somebody else that can help you. Just mm -hmm. be open-minded and go, okay, okay, I can do this. Take a deep breath. The other thing is delegate when you can and be okay letting go. Even though you know how to do it, even though you can do it, our mentor says just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yes. And I love that, that freedom of like, okay, I don't clean bathrooms in my house, y'all. I got five kids. We delegate. I delegate that out. And as far as dinners, we're starting to delegate because I'm so sick of making dinner and they don't like it. So I, whatever I can delegate personally and professionally, Mm -hmm. I am really doing it. And that comes down to that first hire. People are so scared of that first hire because everything is there. They've built this baby and they have their claws in it. And they're just, I'm like, just let go. It's okay. Let go. Let that baby go. And um, it may not be exactly the way you want, but it's B plus work and B plus work still works. And we can get it to A plus, but just let go. So I really... And, and that's a reminder for me, like, just let go. We can, we can have this person help you, or we can have this system help you, or this software help you. You don't need to micromanage everything. Um, great advice. And that's the truth of the matter is, and if, even if that means you can't delegate to begin with in your business, if that starts at home by having someone to help, help clean or do meals, or even if it's someone that helps pick up children one day a week, or whatever that looks like for you, that's where you start. That's the quick win. That's the easy piece. And that's an action item that I have just even implemented myself. I have been hesitant to hire someone to come help at home, but gracious me, we have someone coming next week to help us with our cleaning because I, it's just, I, there's just other things that I can be more successful at. And this is another way I can help my community. Amen. Providing, providing um, income for somebody else who's building their business. So this has been amazing, Melissa. We could, probably talk for another hour and I'm thinking we're going to have to do this again. Um, <laughs> show me a little nuggets that I don't, we didn't even dig into, but everyone, I really want you guys to get to know Melissa because she's amazing and she's inspiring and she's living it. She is living the nitty gritty and she's honest and she is telling you, okay, I, I know we can get you to where you need to be. So first you can go and check out the dancinghouse.com and sign up for one of our on-demand classes. Or if you live in Wisconsin, go check her out. The other piece is that action item. Listen to the nitty gritty. Mm -hmm. Send her a message. And I want you to be thinking about, this is my action item for today. How can you create that word or phrase? Chaos to clarity or chaos to um, open-minded. Well, you said something else. And I can't yeah, um, overwhelmed to peace of mind. There you go. What, what does that look like for you? And if you aren't really sure, then call Melissa. Mm-hmm. Cinder, how can they reach you if they would like to know more about uh, working with you in your coaching services? You know what? I would love it. Um, thank you so much for this awesome, fun time. This is like the best hour ever. Um, go to Ms. Melissa Rose, M-S-M-E-L-I-S-S-A-R-O-S-E dot com. And I have my must-have tools 
for business life and relationships. And download that freebie. And then one of the first emails that gets sent out is I, I do a complimentary audit. If you want me to look at your website or if you want me to look at your social media or something like that, um, I take you up on that. So you just have to send me the link and I'll look at it and give you some honest, honest. <laughs> you are, you're honest. And honest, loving feedback. Well, um, here's the thing. We don't want to be pampered. I don't want to be pampered. Yeah. Give me the truth. I mean, if yeah. I'm going to grow my business, let's do this. Like, let's, let's do it. it. Let's do I don't, it. I don't want to be like, oh, you're so great. Nope, nope. Give me, give me the stuff. Let's do it. So, yeah, that's the easiest I'll way. That, I'll put that link in our notes as well so you, you can click on that directly. Yeah, yeah. com. It has it right there. You're good to go. Thank you so much, uh, Melissa. And my action item, again, go to thedancinghouse.com. Think about how you can write that phrase. It's going to represent you and what you want to uh, look for in your business or even in your personal career if you're working in that corporate environment and you're ready to make that next stage. I mean, not everybody's going to be a business owner. We know that. So what is that next phase for you as we still work through this time of COVID and, and finding our own niche and success in our careers? Thank you again. You can find out more about the work that I do at the .consulting.co or at dottyrosefoundation.org. And we can't wait to see you all on the next episode of Coding the Future. Thanks, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to Coding the Future. Please join your host, Dr. Sharon Jones, for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll talk then.